How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Great to see you. I'm with Jingle Jared, of course, the creator and one of the stars and musical directors of the incredibly successful first ever musical podcast to launch an album, Bear and a Banjo. Congratulations on all the success, my man. Thank you very much. Well, you're part of it, too, so this is very meta. I am a little part of it. I'm Zach Selwyn, your host for this It's very like you're special... in the movie, but you're also doing the press junket. It's, yeah, it's like that Nicolas Cage thing that's coming out. Nicolas Cage is playing Nicolas Cage in a movie about Nicolas Cage. Oh, it's really... Really? So, yeah, something like that. I like that. Meta. Wait, are you are you sure you're not thinking of Shia LaBeouf? It might be LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> I well, get them mixed up, too. They're equally too. They crazy. They, they do. Uh, you do. I need a drink here. That's my <laughs> Nicolas Cage impersonation. I like it. Uh, I'm Zach Selwyn. I was lucky enough to play a few roles in this podcast, and I'm very honored to be here today hosting a very special behind-the-scenes episode to set up next week's incredibly anticipated episode, uh, which features a new song with lyrics by Mr. Bob Dylan himself. Yeah, that freaks me out every single time I I think about the fact that uh, we got to write a song with Bob Dylan, and I don't even think... Pooh Bear still uh, believes it, but uh, it's been a long time coming to get uh, that song made and uh, actually recorded and now put out in this unique way. So uh, I have to say the whole season could not have gone any better, uh, in my opinion, and this is going to be the icing on the cake, so I'm psyched. You guys have told the story about how you came into contact with Dylan's people and how the song came about. Do you want to go over that again, or is that something that we should just sort of direct our listeners to? Well, yeah, I feel like it's weird. There's no direct path on this project, but the long story short that I told in the last Behind the Scenes podcast was uh, essentially just going out and meeting people and sometimes being slightly inebriated has been the secret of this project. How would you guys first meet, you and Jared? Oh, man, I met Jared at a bar. Um, Mr. Nice Guy. And, um... Strange enough, there were um, it was it was alcohol involved, and sure. actually, it seemed that still Justin Bieber kind of introduced me, introduced us, and his. It was crazy because I really wanted to get into. I wanted to write jingles for television, you know. So we exchanged numbers, and unlike music industry um, people, we actually like reached out to each other the next day. And I think we like even the next a, day we got together. We got together on a, and right, there was a project. Yeah, it was a project. That's what really well, that's started it. By meeting Justin Bieber and thinking I was talking to somebody else, and then uh, him introducing me to Pooh Bear set off a series of events where I later met uh, T Bone in the exact same circumstance, and then I have Pooh Bear and T Bone, and then we work on this project. And I'm fast forwarding a lot, but we work on this project for essentially two and a half years. And eventually, T Bone goes, "Hey, what's it going to take to to wrap this project up?" And I said, "I really feel like this is a special set of material. It's really speaking to the styles of music that represent a lot of." various cultures in the 20th century, the early part of the 20th century, the big bang of recorded music. And the one person who in my mind always tied together all of these different things was Bob Dylan. And uh, I really look at him as this Talmudic encyclopedic resource that could take all of these disparate ideas, jazz, blues, uh, soul music, folk music, and tied it together into something that's uniquely Dylan. So when uh, T-Bone said that he didn't think it would be a problem, 
we basically held on to that hope for a while. And eventually, voila. The interesting thing is even having the song itself wasn't enough because we had to frame it and present it in an interesting way. And that's really where all these great actors come in like Rosanna and and Dennis and the writer of the episode, Tom Piazza, who's a total legend. We are going to speak to Rosanna Arquette. What's the name of this episode that's coming out, by the way? It's based on the song Gone But Not Forgotten. Song title essentially inspires this amazing short story that um, Tom Piazza wrote. Not forgotten. Crying wouldn't make us dead. Uh, she left me early one morning. Just got up and walked away. If any of you don't know who Tom Piazza is, I'll give him a shout out here. He has been one of the experts on New Orleans. And he writes from this perspective of life in New Orleans pre, during, and post-Katrina and frames a lot of his writing that way. And he's actually uh, worked with David Simon, uh, another legend in the TV space, creating episodes of Treme. Uh, if you haven't seen that show, it's it's a slow burn, but it's just another one of these amazing, rich musical stories that weaves music into every single episode. Like sometimes Elvis Costello will just play himself amongst all these other fictional characters. And it treats... Uh, geography uh, as a character. So there's all the characters of the show, but New Orleans and the parts of New Orleans and the neighborhoods are also uh, the character, much like in this thing, the story and the song in the story is really a character in this episode of Gone But Not Forgotten. And we're like, how do we take this like precious, awesome set of lyrics and not do this like corny thing where it's like, hey, follow the bouncing ball of the lyrics. And, uh, you know, I wanted to find the best possible writer who has a, a history of writing in and around Dylan and not give him any real instruction except for go nuts, which <laughs> it, it, you know, is whenever people I'm collaborating on music with people and they always ask me, Hey, what notes, you know, do you got for this thing? I'll say, make it hot. Cause I think when you tell people too much and instruct too much, you lose that spark of why you hired them in the first place. A lot of previous collaborations with Dylan lyrics and newer artists performing them. Obviously, Billy Bragg and Wilco. No, that's wrong. Wait, sorry. No, that was Woody. That was, that was Guthrie. <laughs> but a lot, a lot that of, was a good one, though. I was I did, say, that, is, that is a that's project. That's an incredible project. And that actually very much was in the back of my mind when right. I was creating this thing. Because it's like, how do you take, how do you collaborate with someone, a body that's not in the room? And by the way, right. Dylan is like everywhere and nowhere so it's like almost like we were collaborating with a ghost i meant to say old crow medicine show that of course that's for, another example right their song wagon wheel wagon wheel which has been covered a few times i think people. he got a number one out of that one I'm sure he did and i think hootie yeah hootie did did it too it's a huge record uh but a lot of people have covered dylan some to incredible success you know the birds and beyond and some have done stuff that never really worked out mm -hmm. it's got to be an honor i mean this seemed to me like the ultimate songwriter's dream yeah, I do feel, like I said, really, really lucky. And, you know, the first part of it all was getting the song, but talking with Rosanna uh, uh, about when we did press day about her whole process was really awesome. So I think uh, let's uh, try and get her on the line here. How about that? Let's do it. All right. We are speaking with uh, Rosanna Arquette. 
and uh, she is going to be acting in the final episode of Gone But Not Forgotten. Uh, that's the name of the episode, final episode of uh, Bear and Banjo this season. And I think I met you through uh, your brother, who's who's an amazing person. But uh, we met through, uh, you know, him and I were talking about a different podcast project. But it seems like everyone in L.A. and, you know, the actor community right now is talking about podcasts. Do you have friends that uh, that you've worked with before that are respected actors that have done podcasts before? Um, well, my really good friend, uh, Catherine Keener, um, has done one and, uh, she really loves podcasts. So she's a big fan of that world. And I, I've always, you know, I love the spoken word. I love uh, hearing the voice. Remember in the days, you know, the old days that we didn't have TV, I mean, we, well, we did, but they didn't. And they would sit around their radios and, and listen to, um, you know, the, the Orson Welles theater group and many, many people tell their stories and comedy and I, I love that and I think it's really great that you're bringing that back um, but you guys are are from like a radio family too like your grandfather the, when David was telling me that he had done radio plays and comedy and vod, like stuff on radio next to uh, Bob Hope what did you know about all that stuff growing up we did I mean we absolutely did know all that um, and you know then but of course you know I was busy going, being a hippie kid, so uh, I wasn't focusing on that, but, you know, got into acting, and I do love, I love it, and I I had such a wonderful time um, doing, you know, your show, um, Baron Banjo, um, with Dennis Quaid, and it was so great to just go in there and, you know, you don't, you, you don't have to worry about hair and makeup, you can come in your, you know, jammies if you want, just be cozy, and, and, um, and get into it. I really, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think that that's going to be, uh, you know, when people are like, "Wow, how did you get, you know, big, big actors like Dennis and Rosanna to be part of this thing?" Um, you know, I think that what you just said rings true. Is that there's not a whole, you know, makeup and hair and prep thing. It's it's really just going off the words on the page and then hitting play. And you know, when you and Dennis recorded your lines, like I think that you know, people who weren't there explain just you know what happened in the the one two hours that we asked you of your time. Like, how how did you prep we for that? We jumped in. Yeah, we, there was no rehearsal whatsoever. I just like you know, in fact, um, yeah, we you know, I think you. You sent me the words, and I looked it through. But then it really is. It's like when you're working, even though you can memorize your lines. I mean, and you don't have to memorize here, which is fantastic. But um, you, it all is happening when the camera is running and when the tape is running here. And uh, Dennis is also, uh, you know, a good a good director. All in the in the booth, you know, he was he would say, "Hey, let's do this again this way," you know, or something. And mm-hmm. and that was awesome. Yeah, and uh, the reason why, you know, I think uh, we we called you also in the first place is because this is a whole project about storytelling through music, and you have this huge, lifelong connection to music. Um, did you love music growing up? How did this whole world start following you around, or was it vice versa? I grew up around it um, because uh, there were so many music- musicians that I grew up around. So Gibson and Camp, Hamilton Camp was my godfather. So they were a great, uh, in fact, um, I, I would play them, you know, if, if we ever do our thing, which we're talking about. Um, I love um, interviewing musicians. Anyway, growing up, uh, 
I was in clubs. I was actually there at Woods uh, at Newport huh. um, when when B- Dylan went electric. Apparently, which I wish I could remember, but I don't. Um, <laughs> wow, that, yeah. that's real history. Um, yeah, my parents were there, and I was there. Uh, so as you could really young. Um, just Woodstock, I went. Um, I was around a lot, a lot of musicians uh, all my life growing up, and then just love it. Music I use for work, you know, to to get some kind of emotion up. I, I'll I'll use certain you know songs for certain things that, and it can just be chords. Like the beginning of the song is over, the mm-hmm. piano, you know, always just gets me. This just I don't know. It puts me in this place. Um, that I need to be sometimes, you know, and, and that's like an old rock song, but I listen to all kinds of genre of music and appreciate it all. And, um, had, you know, I had relationships with musicians in my life. Um, and, uh, I love being around the process of great friends. You know, T-Bone is involved with this. We're friends. We know each other. His, his partner, Callie is a great friend of mine. So, um, yeah. I was just with them in Nashville. Their place is beautiful. Have you ever been? No, I haven't. Oh, it's oh, so, so cool. They have the best oh. art. They have the cool. It's. I feel like T Bone. If I hadn't met him and Pooh Bear, none of this would have happened. I, you know, I always. Everyone's been asking me about this project. Like, how did you meet all these random people? And I, I just say, like, I just literally just bump into geniuses and say hello and next thing you know you have all these genius friends and you included because uh you know it's funny i met your brother first but i feel like who's my real genius is just one of my heroes i just love him he's got the most beautiful heart of anybody i know and i'm so so blessed to have him as my brother really yeah. And he he is like this true jack of all trades, but that's for another day. But look, yeah. with um with all the podcasting stuff that that you were hinting about, like w- I feel you would make an amazing podcast host. You've done all this directing and been to all these festivals and get access. Tell me, t- you know, just about some of the ambition there because I feel like that's a no brainer. Well, I you know I di- I directed two documentaries that is you know that. I interview people, and mm-hmm. I really love doing that. So I have Searching for Deborah Winger and, and also a movie um, called All We Are Saying. They were both on Showtime um, for uh, interviewing musicians. And I have everybody from Patti Smith, Tom York, to um, to uh, Mary J. Blige. I mean, I have so many interesting – Tom Tom Petty, Peter Gabriel, many, many people um, in this documentary where I talk about the balance of their life and art as and being an artist and being on the road and – and the changes of what was happening in the music industry. So I'm always interested in talking to people, know a lot of musicians and would love, love, you know, this has always been a dream of mine to, to have a podcast because I love doing that. And I do know that I used to shoot the backstage interviews for Coachella. I did that for oh. six years for them. And then we got everybody, you know, I got everybody from Amy Winehouse to, you know, Roger Waters to McCartney. And um, <laughs> so great, great interviews. And I love doing that. And yeah, I would love to continue this, but it doesn't have to just be musicians, but, you know, focus mostly on musicians. I'm figuring I would love what I would love to do is uh, speak to everybody, but it would be music oriented. Like, what's your favorite music and what inspired you? And it could be, you know, it could be talking to, you know, everybody from Kamala Harris to to uh, to, you know. Tom York. <laughs> oh my! And Paul McCartney, who my daughter's yeah. named after. <laughs> uh, uh, um, yeah, music I think is one of those things. McCartney is her name. Yeah. 
that's they, great. Believe it or not, all my kids are have their middle names after the traveling Wilburys. I think I might have. That's my secret uh, naming well, we'll mechanism. Get Danny Harrison on for sure because he's oh, great. Legendary, and yeah. you know this really is the new way that you know everything that's old is new again. You said you know theater of the mind, Orson Welles, and radio. Like right now, every single you know radio station, every single streaming service, they're all investing heavily in podcasts. So I have a prediction for 2020. I think you and I for sure are going to build a podcast for you around you but just because everybody loves music but nobody it's become one of the most diminished and hard to break through mediums now and i think that the spoken word and this world of audio we live in and even what we did with baron banjo i think is just an interesting way of telling musical stories utilizing you know this podcast medium which is essentially radio on the internet but uh yeah i would love to do that with you you know i yeah i just realized also like you know um the the I would also focus on the incredible female artists that we have that I know. And like, you know, Joni Mitchell would be a great one to talk to. And I love Patti Smith. And, but, um, you know, the great, there's so many, uh, Chrissy Hines, you know, one of my best friends. So we'll just definitely have Chrissy on there. And we've gone on together on on Steve Jones because I've, I hosted, um, when for Steve, you know, sometimes when he would go out of town, he, I do Jonesy's jukebox. Yeah. So, I love I love it. It's it makes me very happy. That's awesome. We got only a few more questions here for you, but um I guess the um the the Bob Dylan of it all, like we're you know, he's a person who uses, you know, what I like to call, you know, so much obfuscation and masking as to who he truly is and because he got involved in this project uh, you know, by contributing music to this you know, what's your experience of Dylan? Were you growing up? Were you, you know, you said you were at Newport, but you were very young. But were you a huge fan? And you know, what do you? Yeah, think? I mean, he was our. He's he was like the poet of of our our childhood. It's the sound of our childhood was you know would be him or Nero and all that growing up. But I also am friends with his kids. You know, I really, uh, you know, I know Jacob and Jesse uh, very well, and um, and you know, I've known him through the years, uh, but. It's really his kids that I've become um, friends with and know for years, love them, and, uh, and you know he's still on the road. He lives on the road. It's like Willie, you know, they live on the road. I'd love to. Willie's in my documentary too. He'd be fun to bring on. And I love. I, I am friends with a lot of the kids of these great <laughs> artists. You know, like, you know, his son Lucas is fantastic and has his own band and amazing always. And um, yeah, that's the whole thing with Dylan. I feel like we're so lucky that. He decided to, you know, come on board for this thing. And your whole episode is about the unveiling of his song lyrics through a long form narrative. And I know that, you know, just dealing with the whole, uh, you know, process of even getting him involved in this project, we tried to really do it in a way where we tell a story, but also not give too much away. And I really think through, you know, this, the, the, it feels like a one act play with, with you and Dennis, like the, the way that you, the story just unveils as like a, a musical ghost story that really, you know, brings the song to life. And I feel like, you know, there could be more and more instances where we get great actors together and unveil music through that. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's definitely, we can certainly do that. There's many, many people um, I know, you know, we can bring them all together and continue this um, with other stories because there's always, there's many stories to tell. <laughs> well, you are great. I know that you got a, a crazy schedule today. Thank you really so much for being involved in this project, Baron Abanjo, and thank you for 
you know, the amazing acting in the episode, which is going to debut next week. And this is basically uh, our conversation about the podcast before the podcast. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jared. And I look forward to doing more with you. You got it. We're 2020. We're going to make your podcast. All right, honey. That's love. All right, bye. Wow, that was cool. That was cool. That was Rosanna Arquette live in the Jingle Studio here. The Rosanna Arquette. The Rosanna Arquette, of course, uh, has a couple big songs written about her in the pantheon of, of rock and roll, I believe. I know a few. I know the Toto song, Rosanna. Yeah, everyone knows that. Um, also, In that, Your Eyes. That's about her? Peter Gabriel? Allegedly. I don't know if I'm saying something I'm not John Cusack to. holding up the, the yes. boombox and say she's anything? In, she's inspired... A lot of cool music, and I think even more beyond that. But I, I think sure. that would be more of her to tell it. But right. th- it's it, it's amazing because she, the people that she's saying that she's friends with, from Chrissy Hine to in the past Tom Petty, who's who passed away, but you know, Donny Harrison, uh, Paul McCartney. I just feel like she has the magic touch. Yeah, maybe her involvement in uh, this project will be a good luck omen for our soundtrack. I think it probably will. Has anyone ever written a song about you, Jared? <laughs> I think there's a self-flushing toilet song. <laughs> and let's play that right now. <laughs> um, I don't think so. Not a nice one, at least. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, she, her and her whole family, to me, represent the part of the entertainment business that I wanted to get into. Like, look, people can have their rock and their Mark Wahlbergs, all great people, you know, their their uh their a-list blockbuster people but and she she is that but she represents to me the same thing that i love about authenticity in music that old weird america someone who has can do radio plays shows up and just does the thing someone whose family has a history of vaudeville her brother david is like she said he's a magical human being probably one of the most special people i've ever met and i think most people know him from the Scream franchise, but he's also now embarked on a career as a professional wrestler. He's a puppeteer. He's a painter. And he's a guy that anytime you ask him to do something, no matter how stupid or silly it is, he'll do it. And if I can find the audio, we'll do the audio up for when we went on the gong show a few years ago. He just was like, hey, Jerry, the gong show's coming back. Do you want to be my backing band? We're going to do a, a puppet doing uh, a, a dance to the barnyard dance song. And I uh, will, Dave, let's, uh, our engineer that. will insert the audio here. Let's see if we can find it on the internet. Late last night in the pale moonlight, all the rituals gave us scream. They put out a sign singing dance tonight. And all the yeah, well, to me, that's the family. fun part about show business. This is this used to this Hollywood is really an extension of the cat skills. These people move out here and they're like, let's make stuff. Let's, ma- let's be creative. People. That's you in the that's last episode. Here. That's, that's, no, we're that's all here. you as Hesh in the last episode. Hesh, yeah, Hesh Kramer. Give me a bit of give me a bit of the Hesh voice. Hey, uh, I've been waiting to tell this story for ninety two years. And that's why I think all the people <laughs> that are in the episode, the through line here is they represent different parts of what I love about the stories that I heard about the music business, uh, Hollywood, and tying it all together to do something slightly esoteric, but also I call it romantic. Some people would call it esoteric. I call it romantic. There's a you know a lot of people who have tried to capitalize off of the 
world of music, um, I'm thinking more recently about plays like Rock of Ages and these jukebox musicals that are mm-hmm. everywhere. The Donna Summer musical that just came out, the Carol King one. There's a Simon and Garfunkel musical. Moving out. Moving out. Like, hey, moving out. The difference is this is original music. Baron yes. Banjo. This is not, hey, let's <clears throat> take a greatest hits record and put some dialogue well, around it. The whole reason that we did this project for as a first is because when I asked our executives at iHeart, why aren't people doing musicals? They said because of the rights issues and how expensive it is for this new medium. And I think we broke through a few different walls here. One, solving the problem of, hey, music's expensive. Let's write our own. And everyone's like, working with actors, good actors, and fiction is expensive. Well, let's figure out a creative way to get them into this by having a cool story that they can get behind and the amount of promo that Rosanna and Dennis and T-Bone and Pooh have all done contributing to making people aware of this is just unbelievable. I, you know, Dennis, when he goes and promotes a movie like Midway or The Intruder or any of his other uh, films is, you know, it's one and done. You do the press junkets, but he's woken up. He's done radio with me. He's done Adam Carolla with me. He's gone on Mario Lopez. And we have a whole bunch of radio next week where he's waking up at six in the morning with me. And we just get on the phone and call into radio stations and working it like a, like we're a bunch of vaudeville performers trying to make a buck. Yeah, it's like being in a band when you had to show up at the radio station at five thirty in the morning for your morning interview. You it, know. And that stuff nothing works. more fun than that. That stuff works. It, uh, it, the power of radio is still very real, even though we're, there. we're this is a very meta conversation because we're talking about <laughs> radio in a podcast about radio backed by a radio. And Nicholas Cage is hosting. <laughs> Give me some more, Nick. You know, I just, I don't want to say you, you look great and you, you smell great and your hair's great. And I really wish you'd come home with me. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like hacking. That's pretty good, here. huh? Yeah. And then, then the girl goes, maybe you shouldn't drink so much. Maybe <laughs> I shouldn't breathe so much, Terry. Ha <laughs> <laughs> you know what I want to do? Thank you very much. I want to. Uh, I want you to recreate the whole Nick Cage freaking out clip one time. Have I you will. ever seen that one? Yeah, when he's like getting married. <laughs> no, like I love Nick. The, the, all the different clips. We'll get all, oh yeah, we'll get all that together. If I can just rewatch it a couple times, I'll nail it. We'll get Nick Cage on season goes, two of Bear and a Banjo. And he can't find the files. He's like A B C. I'm the cling clang king of the rim ram room. That's my favorite quote of history. I'm the cling clang king of the rim ram room. Let's roll. <laughs> um, I feel anyway, like, I feel I, like we got off topic there. We did. Oh, T Bone, uh, T Bone Burnett, T Bone Burnett. That's now, who we're let me just to. tell anyone here: if you're not familiar with T Bone Burnett, you are familiar with him. You just may not know it. Do a deep Google search. See what kind of records this guy has produced, played on, performed on. Let's just let's just riff on some of these. Yeah. So August and everything after Counting Crows, okay. first Wallflowers album. Heard of it. Um, he had his own band, the Beta Band, which is extremely inf- influential. Yep. Oh, brother, where art thou? thou? He played in the Rolling Thunder Review with, with Bob Mr. Dylan. Bob Dylan. He uh, he also did Crazy Heart, which is essentially Great. if you if you ever want the Jingle Punk story, just watch that movie. That's that's me <laughs> barfing in trash bins all across America. Read but the instantly- book if you want the real ending to that, to that movie. <laughs> really? There's yeah, a oh, it's a dark oh, ending. No. Do you want to know it? Well, eh. I don't want to do spoilers. All right, no spoilers. Read, Go the, read book. the book. Um, <laughs> what else has he done? He's done, oh, Raising Sand, Alison Krauss, and Robert Plant. And by the way, the same band that plays on all of the Baron Banjo record with Pooh and myself is the Raising Sand band. Top to bottom, plus we had the Punch Brothers. I mean, look. I mean, yeah. you, it's like it's a, an incredible a wish list of, yeah. 
awesome people you would want to work with. And he's just like, would be sitting there and here's two examples of how awesome he is. Uh, I, I meet him and, uh, he just, uh, says, Oh yeah, nice to meet you guy with the hat, Jingle Jared. He's so soft-spoken. He says the most brilliant things. And I want, I'll get into that in my conversation with him, but two things were amazing. One is, uh, the way that I got really into T-Bone's world was Pooh Bear and I were working on a song for pro bull riding the, the PBR league. And we had the song called Hold On, Let Go. And I was trying to figure out how I could get to Steven Tyler. And I just randomly went on Steven Tyler's Instagram and saw that T-Bone was with him. I had met T-Bone a few weeks earlier and texted T-Bone, hey, I see you're working with Steven Tyler. Is it cool if I pitch you guys something? And without even hesitation, he goes, yeah, come on by the studio. Like, think about that I mean, in J- Hollywood. Jared is a master class in how to get stuff done. But um, the best part was I'm s- I've I've actually become less Hollywood since I've known all these people because I see how cool they are about everything. But I show up to the studio and I'm like, oh my god, that's Steven Tyler right. from Aerosmith. <laughs> Just walking and around. Bear like rolls and he's like, oh yeah, he's like, I know, uh, I know Aer- Aerosmith. He's like, start me up. I was like, nope, that's nope. the Rolling Stones. <laughs> But he's so zen, he doesn't, it's either like he's pretending or he just doesn't, he sits sort of above it all. But then when Steven Tyler and Matt Pooh Bear were sitting there, he's like, wow, Pooh Bear, he's like, I want to get some of those Bieber hits on these records. So we're like, oh, I have a song. And I'm like, it's a multi-prong integration into a media and it'll be uh, airtime on CBS. We're going to trade out media time for dollars. And then T-Boone goes... Could you just play him the goddamn song? <laughs> so we play the demo halfway through it. He goes, <clears throat> he goes, who played guitar in this? I'm like, I did. He just throws me like a four string instrument. He's like, show me some. Cause I'm like, I don't look like someone. I guess, I guess I come in like the, even though I wear a cowboy hat and all this stuff, I might seem like the deal guy. And he's like, throws me the instrument and he goes, play this. And it's like in a weird tuning. I start like playing. Oh yeah. Cool. He's like, okay, I'm going in the booth right now. I'm going to track it. <laughs> So we literally go from, hey, a text message earlier in the day, I want to meet Steven Tyler, to him going in the booth right there. But that's tracking the song, which became the professional bull riders riding. Cut uh, to half a year later, Pooh Bear and I are at pro bull riding events where uh, him and I are uh, the only African-American and Jewish person (laughs) in the entire stadium. And Steven's like, what a trip this is. (laughs) And I, I just love the fact that that to me also... You got to look at your own life for the stories. So they say, write what you know. Like, that is Bear and a Banjo. Like in this last episode with Dylan, like we write a song for a baseball team in Minnesota, but Pooh Bear and I have written a song for the Marlins with DJ Khaled. And we've gotten into so many of these cockamamie schemes. And in life, you, you set out to do these creative endeavors and everyone's like, what's the straight path to success? There literally is none. Everyone all, I just did this thing at NYU talking about black swans. All you have to do to be successful is make stuff, go everywhere all the time, say yes to opportunity, and just be scrappy and know that your geography is destiny. Sure, you could live in a you know cornfield in the middle of Iowa and be the best artist in the world and possibly even get discovered because of that, because of the internet, but your chances greatly increase if you're just in it. And I feel like LA and New York have provided me and Nashville with so much opportunity to just be face to face with artists and just do my weird jingle Jared thing. Pretty awesome. And, uh, you know, this is all to set up, uh, the next, uh, episode, which is also the final episode. We've mentioned this a few times. It's the one centered around the Bob Dylan song. None of this would have happened if it wasn't for, uh, the T-bone of it all. And, you know, Rosanna and Dennis's amazing acting in this episode 
is something that I think people will dig, and that's what we got next week. Season one, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Final episode. Uh, the icing on the cake, as you said. New song featuring lyrics by Mr. Bob Dylan. Uh, I guess you, you know, think he'll put it on his TikTok page. He might. He might drop it on there. That's where Trilla. That's where it's coming out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that the the Bob Dylan files out there, the the super super Dylan fans, you know, that go beyond like you and me being huge fans, but the guys who are out there collecting, you know, every hiccup he ever had mm-hmm. on the microphone are going to be seeking this out. I hope so. I mean, I consider myself a super fan. When I saw him uh, live in uh, Santa Barbara a few weeks ago, I went with Dennis to the show. He didn't play, you know, uh, the songs that I think the audience expected, but I'm a huge fan of late era Dylan, and I'm a huge fan of deep, deep catalog. It doesn't matter to me if I'm hearing recognizable melodies uh, or even versions of the song that I'm used to hearing. I just love it all, and I love that he's a person who's immersed his entire life into his art, and his whole life is this high-level immersion and masking and the shtick. Whatever it is, is for the benefit of the universe. It may not be enjoyable to him to do hundreds of dates every year, be away from family. I know so little about the inner workings of the Dylan mind. I don't need to know it. I don't want to know it. This is This is exactly how i want my dylan yeah he's got to remain that mysterious character i mean that's his whole thing i think whenever he got exposed his life went off the rails and he decided a long time ago i'm gonna i'm gonna put a little distance between me and the you know what everyone expects from me and every time i've seen dylan live you always start off going oh wow it's not 1974 anymore but then you just accept it and you love it, and yeah. he's turned. The it funny into thing is, up. we always joked when we were working on this record as the election was happening. Not to get political here, and I'm not, but we always talked that we were living in the post-truth era. We have a you know song on the album called "Lying's the New Truth." We have a uh, song called "That's on America." But the difference is that America is an amazing place because it is filled with scoundrels, crooks, liars, con men. That's the old weird America that Grail Marcus writes about. But it's your right to, to come here, whether you're some con man politician or an artist who wants to completely reinvent themselves for uh to be consumed as something that you weren't born as and and i always like the everything that dylan always said about sometimes you were you know born to the wrong parents in the wrong city at the wrong time and that's yours to to fix and correct as you go and there's a right way to obfuscate and mask and there's there's a wrong way but somewhere and all these like wacky stories that we told in season one, I feel that is the the central idea of uh, Bear and a Banjo. It's just about the truth. And, you know, Pooh and I, when we get together, the music process and watching him write music was very honest that he wouldn't put on a character or say stuff that would be out of character for him. Everything from him is from the heart or not at all. And it happens very quickly. Same with T-Bone. I don't think that T-Bone has the ability to bullshit. And certainly whatever form of... Uh, version of Dylan that we are uh, connecting with and, and, and relating with through his lyrics is probably the most exciting element of it all. And I'll leave you with one last thing. If you have not heard his Nobel speech that he did on YouTube, Google it. It's amazing. He just talks about uh, the path that his favorite uh, literary works uh, took him on as a writer. And he ends with his discussion of Homer's The Odyssey, which to me is also an amazing parallel for <laughs> the Baron Banjo story because we went on our own little odyssey through the old weird America. And uh, yeah, this is uh, this is our behind-the-scenes 
look at the final episode of the season, Bear to Banjo. Gone but not forgotten. And uh, congratulations on an incredible first season. Hoping for more, more stories, more adventures with Bear and a Banjo. And uh, my name is Zach Selwyn. Jared Gutstadt, of course. We had Rosanna Arquette next week. New Bob Dylan collaboration. New song on Thursday. On Sorry, new episode on Thursday. New song on Friday. I'm excited about everybody discovering the song that essentially I've been working on since 2016 to finally come out. Here is a sneak preview of our collaboration, Bear and a Banjo's collaboration with none other than Bob Dylan. The song is Gone But Not Forgotten. Thank you for listening to our conversation with Zach Selwyn, Rosanna Arquette. And if you dig the show and you dig the music, please tell your friends. Word of mouth is how people discover these podcasts. And uh, I take you out with Gone But Not Forgotten. You did. Nobody, oh no, ain't got no appetite to eat.